It is time to talk ball with ESPN's Tom Luganville. Alabama takes on LSU. The Bedlam series may be coming to an end. Luganville is going to be there. Missouri, Georgia, and a college football playoff top six from Luganville. It is presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on to MyBookie.ag for that sign-on bonus of 110%. You make your deposit, you get 110% sign-on bonus. If you cannot tell, we don't dress like this normally. It is Halloween <laughs> as we record ball. What's going on, Luke's? You love it, don't Let's you? Let's go. Let's go. You love Let's some Halloween. This. You love By the it, way, I love some Halloween, but you might have outdone me on the costume. That's pretty <laughs> solid, right? You like now. it? Yeah, you got to pull the hat down a little bit, though. There you, there you go. Is that, yeah, is that better? The touch of the glass has got a touch yeah. of the rim of that because gotcha. of the cowboy hat's good. Is that gotcha. for? Is that from Jax? I mean, talk to me. <laughs> this is borrowed. We we could get it for Jax. <laughs> Uh, let's get started with Alabama and LSU. The Crimson Tide and the Tigers seem to almost always play classic games. A bunch of overtimes in the series since Saban got there. And this is the classic strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness. Let's yeah. start with the strengths. LSU offense versus Alabama defense. Strength versus strength. Do you see anybody with an edge in, in that battle, the LSU offense versus the Bama defense? Well, I think anytime you have to play a team whose quarterback is a dangerous running threat, but is every bit as dangerous throwing the football, that's a problem. Because, you know, and I'm not saying that Jalen Milrow one day won't be in that category. Right now he's not. Jaden Daniels is. And so, you know, to me, all of the weapons on the outside, you still have to, you still have to deal with Logan Diggs and Jaden Daniels on the inside. And if you're Alabama, you, you've got to pick one of those and force LSU into one side or the other. Now, every coach will tell you we got to stop the run. Okay, so let's just say uh, Alabama is able to stop the run. But that's the quarterback run, too. That's not just stopping the run. And then you're going to take your chances defending the pass on the outside because those are lower percentage plays, even though LSU has made them look awfully, awfully easy uh, at times and very routine at times. Um, but I'll say this, the, the run-pass strength of, of LSU is going to get tested because the front seven for Alabama is just so good. And it's unlike some anything, really, to this point that LSU has faced. And if you want to get a team off schedule, because I think one of the things, and, and LSU is a little bit like Ole Miss in this regard, when, when they get off to a fast start, there's no lull. Like, they don't have a setback. They don't disappear for two to three series. So what Alabama's got to somehow do is win on those early downs so that they're in problematic third and long to goes. And, you know, I don't care how good you are on offense, that really limits your play sheet. And, and so first and second down, I think, for Alabama and stopping quarterback run is the key here because if LSU turns this into a track meet, Brownie, that does not play favorable for Alabama. So when you look at LSU, or excuse me, when you look at Alabama defensively, um, one of the marks of a really good cover corner is you never hear his name called in a game. <laughs> and, there, and there are times when that's true with Kool-Aid McKinstry. There are times when you almost forget he's even playing defense. Do you, when right. you look at film, are teams staying away from him? Do you see a lot of teams that don't even look his way? No, and going into the game that I had, I didn't notice that. What I noticed more than anything else is they've done a good job of keeping people offbeat in terms of where they're lining up their personnel. And to be honest with you, the injury at that time to Malachi Moore yeah. actually helped facilitate that. Because remember, then it moved Terry on Arnold inside. Then it moved Caleb Downs over. 
And in our game, their whole entire plan was their coverage people were going to be based off of the personnel package that Arkansas was going to come onto the field with. So, for example, if it was 12, Caleb Downs was going to be lining up at this spot. But if it was 11, Terry on Arnold was going to be lining up at this spot. And so it moved. I think it's allowed them to take Kool-Aid McKinstry and just line them up where they want to. So if he was just right and left all the time, that's one thing that you can go away from. But he may not always be right and left. And I don't know. I don't know if that gives, you know, I don't know if that gives, that's an indicator, uh, you know, for or if it's something that Alabama is doing on purpose so that you don't you don't get picked on. I will say this, though. Look at it from LSU's perspective. You may be you you may be sitting there saying we're good enough at wideout to play against all of these guys. Yeah. And they probably are. Yeah, that is something definitely to think about. One thing McKinstry did really well against Tennessee last time Alabama was out. You know this, Tennessee gets their their receiver split so wide. They use wide, that yeah. they use the sideline to sideline and McKinstry just never would allow the inside release. Every every play he's just forcing his guy to the boundary and basically he's got a second defender. He's got a double team every single time because the boundary was there. Yeah, your sideline becomes your 12th defender, right? Yeah. And if you maintain inside leverage, you don't let that guy cross your face. You're not only forcing him potentially out of bounds, but think about the difficulty of the downfield sideline throw, because now instead of a guy, you know, you try to tell a guy to keep, you know, four yards from the sideline on vertical throws so you can have something to fade over to, or you can over shoulder throw it. But if you're going to line up that wide, you're going to, you're not giving the quarterback anywhere to throw the football. And so, and again, I think Alabama, one of the reasons why they are so good is not only do they have good players on defense, they leverage the ball well. Like yeah. they, 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 they don't allow them to get taken advantage of by, you know, releases and things of that, or, you know, coming up and run support and letting the ball, allowing the ball to get outside of them. That's not Alabama on defense. All right, so let's flip it now, and let's talk about the Alabama offense against the LSU defense. Now, I, there are a lot of people that I think have been baited into thinking LSU's fixed some defensive problems, and maybe they have. It is hard to tell, though. Their last two games were against Auburn and Army, who have just been right. so offensively challenged all year. I could not agree with you more. Um, the one thing with LSU defensively, though, is they're losing Makai Wingo. He's out. Yep. All right. Uh, they've lost a corner, I think another corner. And they're yeah, getting three one guys, corner. Yeah, three guys of the secondary appear to be out. Yeah. Right. And one's coming back who's a freshman. Yeah. Well, okay, let's let's throw him out there and see how he does. So from a personnel perspective, you know, obviously Harold Perkins is Harold Perkins. You got to account for him all the time. But for for me, LSU will they're going to give up yards. That's what LSU has done this year. The question is, where do they give them up? Like I kind of feel like Alabama, and I and I go back to the third quarter of that Arkansas game where Alabama just came out of the locker room and said, you know what? We're going to run it right there, and we're going to run it right there, and it's exactly what they did. And then for some odd, strange reason, two series later, they decided to throw the ball over the lot, and Jalen yeah. Milrose won for nine. So I think if they get something going good in the run game, don't go away from it. Don't get, don't allow that play, that is, that, that offense with, that's chock full of explosiveness to get on the field more often than you want them to. So run the football, utilize the new clock, the, the clock rules, and off you go. He is ESPN's Tom Luganbill. He will be at Bedlam this weekend. We'll discuss that game next here on Ball. That is presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on to MyBookie.ag. Get that sign-on bonus of 110%. MyBookie.ag. Code next round. That is MyBookie. 
dot ag code next round to get that 110 bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie dot ag don't forget code next round also manscape manscape.com they got great products there the uh, beard hedger that i use all the time the lawnmower for the unmentionables in the full body the weed whacker for that nose hair and the ear hair and now the handyman the great travel razor that you can it's compact you carry it anywhere you want to go they got great boxer shorts great face products they got it all right there at manscaped.com. And right now, because you are watching this show, you're going to get a 20% discount off your first order. When you use code BROWN20, that is BROWN20, that's my last name, BROWN20 uh, at manscaped.com for 20% off your first order. All right, you're headed to what might be the last bedlam we ever see. I mean, yeah. That is a possibility. You know it's going to be the last one we see for the foreseeable future with Oklahoma coming to the SEC. Just because a game has played every year doesn't make it a rivalry. Oklahoma has won like 90% of these. And yeah. it, it is one of the things that's plagued Mike Gundy is his inability to you know consistently beat Oklahoma. But boy, this one seems like it is going to have some bad blood in it. Man, who would have thought, let's just say four weeks ago, that Bedlam this year would have these types of implications, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma State has been on an absolute tear Ollie Gordon is somebody most people don't even know who he is, and he yeah. should be on uh, on all Heisman finalist lists. Well, I'm not to sure Mike Gundy. I'm not sure Mike Gundy knew who he was a month ago. I mean, it's yeah. it's strange. You, yeah. you you go through their first three weeks of the season. He had a combined 19 carries in three games. Yeah, and now he steps on the field and gains 200 yards on the ground. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable. So. They've really solidified themselves. They had the, the, the huge upset win uh, over Kansas State. They're rolling. They're playing well. And then you've got two back-to-back weeks with Oklahoma where they narrowly escape UCF and, and have a, a tough loss on the road versus what I think is actually a really good Kansas team. People want to look at that and say, oh, Kansas beat them? That ain't your grandfather's Kansas. Uh, they're they're a pretty good football team. And so I, I think this thing has Big 12 implications college football playoff impl- implications. And if there's any Power 5 conference, as we're talking down the stretch, last four weeks of the regular season, and you say, which one's in most jeopardy of maybe not making the college football playoff? It might be the Big 12. I mean, that's how meaningful all of these games are going to go down the stretch. You've got Kansas State coming to Austin this yep. week. Texas likely still playing with a backup quarterback. Then they've got to go to Ames and play a sneaky competitive Iowa State team. Uh, listen, this thing... These guys could all start canceling each other out. Well, it is. This could be the nightmare weekend for the Big 12. It's interesting. It's the two teams that are leaving. Had the Big 12 been able to choose preseason, they would have chosen anyone else other than Texas or Oklahoma to represent them. But the way it played out, Texas and Oklahoma are the teams that are alive for the college football playoff. And, boy, it could be the fatal blow this weekend if Oklahoma State wins Bedlam and Kansas State beats Texas. Two very realistic outcomes, by the way. Uh, the yeah. Big 12 is done. I mean, that is it for them in terms of the college football playoff. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, essentially, it would be it's, it would be a nightmare weekend uh, for the conference. And, you know, it's funny, going back to something you said about uh, the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State-Bedlam rivalry, it's also one of those rivalries where your coach is, your coaching job doesn't depend on whether you win it or not. Yeah. Isn't that strange? It is, like, yeah. It's never had any impact on whether Mike Gundy had job security. That's or right. That's right. And, and for Great. whoever the Oklahoma coach is, whether it's Bob Stoops or Lincoln Riley or Brent Venables, it's far more about what you do against Texas than what you do against Oklahoma State. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Is the Oklahoma State, or excuse me, is the Oklahoma defense, has it reverted back to last year's defense? 
Uh, I know it has the last two weeks, but do you think it's an overall issue or they just had a couple bad weeks? I, I just think they haven't played overly well. And, and I'm not saying that this is a lingering hangover type of effect, but I said this to you after the game, that I was a little bit concerned having that monster win versus Texas and then the bye in that two weeks of basking in the glow, right? And they take the field versus UCF and in some regards get outplayed. And then they go on the road to Kansas and they lose to Kansas. And they didn't, they didn't play their best against UCF, but they didn't have self-inflicted wounds like right. they had against Kansas. Kansas was 2 of 10 on third down, 11 penalties for 101 yards, uh, turnovers. You just you can't do that against anybody that's any good. And to this point, Oklahoma had not done that. And so I think it kind of I, I think it's probably premature to say that they've reverted back because number one, they've got much better players. They've been much more sound as a football team. But don't kid yourself, that Kansas team has run like that on a lot of people. They ran for 400 yards against UCF. All right, they, that's a really good running football team. So that wasn't just exclusive to Oklahoma. Though you will be at Bedlam, you were at Texas last week for the BYU game. So you yeah. got to see Malik Murphy with your own two eyes. The score would say, hey, that was just fine. Everything was smooth. If you just look at the score and go from that, I don't know that the tape will tell you the same thing. I mean, there were some growing pains there for him, it looked like. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest with you. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced they can beat Kansas State with Malik Murphy. Wow. He would have to pay. He would have to play a lot cleaner, and he would have to, unlike the BYU game, where he didn't actually have to go out and make many plays, I think this week he's going to have to make some plays for them. And he was careless with the football, as oftentimes young players who haven't played much are. He's can be a little bit erratic um, in terms of, of throwing the – you know who he reminds me of a little bit? T.J. Finley. Oh, wow. Big, that's not a, that's not a compliment. Yeah. Right. I mean, but like like stature, I mean, he's 6'5 yeah. and a half, 235, yeah. rocket of an arm. But he does spray the ball around a little bit, and he, he's likely to be better in his second start. They need Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter to run their heads off, and they need to continue to play great defense because Texas – that game was 21-6 to for the, the bulk of the game. Yeah. And BYU was trying to get blown out. That's how bad they were playing on offense. And Texas had two series inside the five-yard line going in where they came away with no points. So the red zone efficiency wasn't there either. Yeah. So, I mean, you say they can't beat him with Malik Murphy, but they just – we have not seen Arch Manning. So, really, I mean, they're going to have to try to beat him with Malik because you can't very well just throw Arch Manning out there against Kansas State, can you? Right. I mean, it wouldn't be ideal. And they wanted yeah. to play him last week. And to your point, if the game had played out the way the score looked like it had, right. then he probably would have gotten you know a couple of series. But it never felt like he was in control. And I think that kind of forced Steve Sarkeesian to just back away from a little bit. But the good news is there's four weeks remaining in the season. He can play in all four games if they need him to, depending on the timeline for Quinn Ewers, and still preserve his red shirt. But I'll say this, if, if if Malik Murphy goes out there and throws the ball to the other team and makes careless plays and and, um, and is inaccurate and they can't get the offense going, because you've got to figure, right? You've got to figure that Kansas State on uh, defensively is going to line up, load the box, and say whatever happens, Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter are not going to beat us today. The yeah. guy getting his second start has to beat us today. Uh, the first half of that nightmare scenario is the Fox Big Noon kick Kansas State at Texas. That's 11 o'clock, and then flip right over and watch Luganville 
and uh, Dusty and Dave and the crew there at Bedlam, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, 230 ABC, potentially the final Bedlam of our lifetime. You never know. So if you ever yeah. like Bedlam, now's the time you better watch it this Saturday. You well, I'll tell you it. what, it's going to be a bloodbath. I, I oh. think this one's going to be real, really, really fun. It's going to be – have you ever been there? Have you ever been to Stillwater? I've never once been to Stillwater, yeah. Okay, and I'm not joking when I say it. When you're watching the game on Saturday, because I know you won't be watching any other game but that one, uh, you need to pay close attention to the four corners, particularly as your viewing angle on the left side. The stadium literally comes down to about a yard from the pylon in the back right. corners of the end zone. The, the, the bench is pushed back as far against the wall as it can be, and you have probably two feet to walk behind the bench underneath this awning to get from one side of the field to the other. Like, they are so right on top of you. Yeah. That, and then they let them have those wooden paddles oh, yeah. hitting the wall. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, yeah. I'm telling you, it's nuts. Yeah, that'll be a fun, fun, fun weekend there in the Big 12. It is Ball with ESPN's Tom Lugabill. It is presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on to MyBookie.ag. Get that sign-on bonus of 110%. That is free money. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. Code next round. MyBookie.ag. Code next round. Also, when we're not on costume, apparel for the show provided by Roback. Roback.com for uh, all those great soft hoodies that are phenomenal. The quarter zips, the golf shirts, the amazing pants, the crew neck sweatshirts. They've got all of that right there at Roback. So soft, so incredible, such great craftsmanship. You can get 20% off with code TNR20. That is TNR20 at Roback.com. 20% off your initial order. Roback.com, code TNR20. While I'm watching Bedlam, I'll also be paying attention to Georgia and Missouri. <laughs> first half of a CBS, actually the middle game of CBS triple header. Yeah. Missouri is at Georgia. They're coming off a bye. Georgia is coming off their most oppressive, say either that or Kentucky, their most oppressive game of the year. Um, I don't know if I'd rather be coming off a great game or coming off a bye if I'm Missouri. You're going to get Georgia either way. I don't. I guess coming off a bye is good. I really don't know. I think it all depends on when you get it. How. Yeah injured you are how tired you are do you need to get your team replenished um it's probably a good spot for missouri it, it really is um but let's not forget this game a year ago i think georgia's got this one circled in ink um and you know what's interesting to me about this georgia team and i was in a discussion about them talking about okay who should be number one in the college football playoff release rankings for the re first release this week is Every time they're playing a team that they're supposed to just handle, right? They're right. like a cat just like tapping the little mouse, just like yeah. toying with it, right? Yeah. Right. And they don't really care. They know how the end's going to come out. It's going to get there eventually. And then that's exactly what happens. But the moment they play somebody where somebody starts to suggest that it's a lookout or watch out, this team could get you, Be down. they boat race them, yep. right? And the remaining games on the schedule for Georgia are all those games, including Georgia Tech, by the way, who just beat two back-to-back yeah. -back top 15 teams. Yeah. So you got Ole Miss, you're going to have Missouri, got Georgia Tech, who by that time, they, they might be ranked. Who knows? Right? I don't know. Um, and then, of course, this, uh, this weekend. So I would expect Georgia to be up and rolling for this one. I really would. I will say for Missouri's part, Georgia, you're right. They look like a team. They look like a team that can flip the switch when they need to. Yeah. Uh, if, if they're playing South Carolina, they might get behind early and like, oh, okay, we got to go play a second half. 
exactly. you know, you know, if they're playing uh, Ball State or something like that. When Kentucky came to town, they flipped the switch. That game was over before oh. it started. Uh, Florida did at least get a lead in this game, but you know they made them pay for that. And as soon as they stopped that Florida fourth down, that game was over. Yep. Missouri. Here's what I'll say about them: they're good at quarterback. I mean, you like oh, yeah. Brady Cook, right? Fifteen touchdowns, three interceptions. <laughs> yeah, pretty dang good. Luther Burden, when healthy, uh, one of the best receivers in America. Aside from number eighteen up in Columbus, I think he's the yep. best receiver. In okay, America. All right. So only behind, uh, only behind Harrison. And here, here's the one thing I like about Missouri in this game, or one of the things I like. I like both those things I just mentioned to you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I've never been the biggest Eli Drinkwitz fan, and this year is making me eat crow on that. I get it. But the one thing I will say about him in a game like this, he's not apt to go in and play it super conservative, kick field goals, and think that's going to beat Georgia and Athens. Oh no, he'll he'll go for some fourth downs. He'll take the gambles that I think are necessary to take. Hey, Luke's they may not work. But you're not going to go beat Georgia playing it straight up in Athens. You're going to have to take a few gambles, and I think he's the type of coach that will do that. I would be willing to bet that unless somehow, some way early on in a flukish set of circumstances, Georgia was up like 21 to nothing. Yeah. Let's just say that game starts out normal. I'd be willing to bet that the entire game, once Missouri crosses the 48-yard line, they will not punt. Yeah. I they don't disagree. Punt. And they, they got a kicker that can punt. kick it a mile. They got a kicker and kick it forever, the thicker kicker. Yeah. But I, I mean, I just, you're not going to beat Georgia with field goals. I mean, like, you've no, got to cash no. in and get six on drives that get anywhere in Georgia's territory. Yeah. And listen, there may be times during the game where uh, a field goal opportunity man is, is mandated and you need, you do need to get points so you don't end up chasing points, especially if you feel like you're playing good defense, right? Yeah. And you're not you're not going. Oh man, we better go here because if we put this offense on the field again, we're in trouble. Um, I to be honest with you, like this is a really good Missouri team, and they play really really hard, and they they're chock full of explosive plays. Um, I think it's fair to say it's the best team Georgia's played to this point, right? I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So and and so contending with a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. They can create explosive plays. Luther Burden is a nightmare. Um, they do have balance because they can run it some as well. So, I listen, it's going to be a good game. But like I said, when these types of games come up and it's suggested that George is in trouble, <laughs> they're not in trouble. Yeah, rarely are they. Uh, Luca Bell is going to give us, if he were a selection committee member, what would be his top six in a moment? A reminder that the show, Ball, is presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on at mybookie.ag to get that sign-on bonus of 110%. That is free money. You make your initial deposit. You get that bonus with code next round of 110%. Bet it, win with it once. It is yours and yours forever. Not one of those you got to bet five, six, seven times. You win with it once. It is yours forever. That is free money at mybookie.ag. Code next round. Mybookie.ag. Code next round. If you're looking for plays there at mybookie, start at lanceslock.com. Single day. Full week, full month, full season packages available at lanceslock.com. College football, NFL, NBA, college basketball starting soon. All right there at lanceslock.com, lanceslock.com. All right, let's assume I ship you out to Grapevine, Texas. You get sequestered in there with all those football brains. What top six would you be fighting for? If they said, all right, Luke, give us your top six for the college football playoff, it would look like what? Uh, Georgia number one, Michigan number two. Here's the one that's going to be out there a little bit. Oregon number three, I would have Ohio State at number four, Florida State at five, and Washington at six. 
You say it's out there because people are like, well, now, wait a minute, Washington beat Oregon. And I, I am normally a big head-to-head guy. I say when everything, else, when everything else is equal, head-to-head matters to me. I don't know that everything's equal there. You watch those two teams. It's clear, I think, that Oregon was the better team. They outgained Washington by like 100 yards in that game. And they have played better since that game. Washington has struggled to beat Arizona State and Stanford, who are two yep. bad football teams. Yeah, ever since that game, Oregon's done this. Yep. Washington's done no this. doubt no doubt they're the and better so team yeah. they, they are and I'm sorry that's what my eyes tell me whatever and I said this earlier in the week with with Jim like nobody goes into Salt Lake City and does that <laughs> to Utah <laughs> nobody dominant. I don't dominant. care yeah. yeah I don't yeah I don't care if Utah's playing with their seventh string quarterback nobody has done that to a Utah defense I'm trying to recall when somebody did it to a Utah defense on the road I mean, it was it was masterful. And so yeah. what I'm seeing is an Oregon team that could be as good as anybody in the country. Like, I, this is me. I think Oregon, because of where Georgia and Michigan are so strong, and I think Oregon has some of those components too, but not as many, might have a more difficult time handling Michigan and Georgia. But I think Oregon would beat Ohio State and Florida State. They got a quarterback that makes a lot of plays, and he has thrown one interception this year. We're about to play November football. Unbelievable. And Bo Nix has thrown one interception. Hey, and it's not because they're running the triple option. The guy throws a lot, and he's thrown one interception. Yeah, and against that defense, I think he was 22 of 34. I mean, just an unbelievable, remarkable yeah. efficiency. And nobody moves the ball on those guys. So, you know, and, and to be honest with you, you, you look at the teams outside of that six. Like, right now, if you told me that Washington and Texas were going to play, and Washington, Texas had Quinn Ewers, I don't feel convinced that Washington would win that game. If yeah. Alabama and Washington were to play right now, I do not feel convinced that, that Washington would win that game. So I still think that Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma, they're all sitting out there, right? And then you've got this two-loss LSU team that could screw it up for everybody. That's right. Right? Yeah, just keep winning, and they're they're probably there, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do if, if LSU just keeps winning? Yep. They get to Atlanta, and they win that thing. Yep. You leave them out? No, you can't no. leave them out. No, not <laughs> no. with the wins they would have. No, no, especially if Florida State is in there. Florida State is one of the others. Yeah, it's one of the others. I mean, that's their only no loss, or well, it's one of their two losses. Ole Miss was their other one. Uh, all right, you'll see Lugaville on Bedlam, two thirty ABC, two thirty Central, three thirty Eastern ABC. Ball is presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round for that one hundred ten percent sign on bonus. Also presented by Manscaped.com. Get all your Manscaped products there. With code BROWN20, 20% off your initial order at manscaped.com. Roback.com, code TNR20 for 20% off. And lanceslock.com for all your plays. Enjoy Badlam, Lugerville. We'll see you next week. All right, I got to ask you one other question oh, before we yeah. go. Because it is Halloween. Halloween candy guy, yes or no? 100%, yes. Are you a candy corn guy? I like candy corn, yeah. Okay, fine. I like Thank Halloween you. candy. It comes in the smaller packages. I could just- The minis? Yes, it could eat them like nonstop now. Now, have you ever taken candy corn, which has to be Brock's, by the way? It has to be right. Brock's. Okay, I'm candy with Candy corn and mixed it with salted peanuts? Yep, very good. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sometimes you throw uh, like plain M&Ms or peanut M&Ms in there, too. Oh. Yeah, I love candy I like corn. It. A lot by of people way, don't like it. Who are you going to throw under the bus in your Halloween costume at your press conference? Is it going to be, My it offensive be the line. offensive line? My offensive line. Time to how about, go. How about your coordinator? Uh, it's my offensive line. We're going to have new offensive linemen next year. It's personal now.
Oh, oh hey. my goodness. Oh, hey, 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 hang on one second. I got to show you something. Hang on. All right. <laughs> I got my receipts. Oh, I hope you got, I hope you got mine, actually. <laughs> I pull my head I'm willing to replay my comments on a reel over and over and over again. <laughs> I got my receipts right here. I got my receipts. <laughs> Look, they're thick, too. Got a lot of them. <laughs> All right, Luke. Enjoy, uh, enjoy Bethlehem. We'll see you next time. All right. See you, man.